And when you receive the Holy Ghost and the power of God in your life, it's a, it's a starting point. It's a, it's a journey, and we're on a journey. We plan on going to heaven. Amen. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you could say heaven's 352 million miles away or what. Praise God in the heavens. I know Paul, amen, said he went to the heavens. Amen. So that tells me there's good possibility beyond just the heavens that we see in the skies and the sun, the moon, the stars and galaxies of that nature. Amen. But uh, we're going. Praise God. We're going to meet him in the clouds. And then God's going to take care of it from then on. I don't know, lamb supper and all different kind of things are going to happen. And we're going to come back in the battle of Armageddon. And it's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. And Man, we just got a lot to look forward to. But you know what? As big as heaven is, the city is, you know, 1,500 square miles. But without mid-course adjustments, we're going to miss it. Praise God. But I thank God for them this morning. How about you? Amen. So just excited about the hand of the Lord, the mercy of God, the, the power what we have access, what's at our fingertips. You know, that's, that's a, that used to, you know, especially here a few years ago when computers really come out and things of that nature. And boy, everybody's talking about your fingertips and downloading and, you know, just, you know, all different kind of things you'd be exposed to and all that kind of stuff. And, amen, right at our fingertips. Man, it's right at our fingertips. One of the most precious, most powerful things there is. It's called the Word of God. Thank God for His Word. I'm talking about the letter too. I'm talking about he is. The beginning was the word. The word was with God. Was God. This is God. You want to know Jesus? You know, read, study this. You want to know God? You read, study this. But, but, but I'm going to say this. But thank God for his written word. That you and I have and have access to. What a blessed nation we're living in. That's uh, it's in abundance of Bibles. Uh, how many of you own more than two Bibles? Three Bibles, four, five. Praise God. I probably have, probably got that many. Hallelujah. I don't read them all at one time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But thank God for them. We have access. In fact, one of the last few ones we bought, uh, the Premier Study Bible, put out by Apostolics, Brother Larry Booker and them. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I tell you what, it brings a lot of enlightenment, a lot of better understanding of some things. I know some, you know, and, and I'm, 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 I'm with you 110% when it comes, amen, to Bibles. If you're going to buy one, buy King James Version. Okay? Uh, am I locked into only that? Not necessarily. I use others as study Bibles. Okay? In other words, I got a King James Version sits here. And I use them as studies to reflect and, and to help with terms that maybe I'm not as familiar with that will help me get a little better insight. And then those, you know, what they miss, this has got, I stay with this. Now you do what you want to. If you're just lots more smarter than I am and you don't need all of that, any help and, you know, you know, you're born with the Holy Ghost and born with wisdom and knowledge and all that other stuff, God, get after it. Huh. You need to be getting after it. God blessed you and gifted you with it. Don't bear it to sand. Well, <laughs> hey, praise God. Well, it feels good here tonight. I'm going to take this off. That way I get too hot. I've heard you use other different terms. Hallelujah. It's a little more fitting, a little more acceptable. <laughs> Hallelujah. My wife picking on yesterday something about being old and uh, something about 61. I said, I'm not 61. I said, you ain't far from I said, I'm not. I'm going to tell you right now, until November the 12th, until midnight, I'm 60. And I'm not going to be 61 until that moment, until, you know, 12, you know, one second or one minute after. I said, if I die between now and then, I'll be 60. I won't be 61. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're just kidding going on. We're having a good time. Praise God. and Thank God we can. I'm telling you what, a lot of people in trouble, a lot of junk going on. And so anytime you can have a good time, especially with your family, do it. Pursue it. Pursue it. That's what you need to do, what we need to do. And that's not only for our physical family, but, amen, our spiritual family. One another in the house of God coming here, going to have a good time, going to join together, weep with them at weep, and rejoice with them at rejoice, and life with them at life. I mean, it just all works together. And uh, that's what perfects us, molds us, shapes us, and helps us be a witness into our community, to lost world. Amen. Because I'm telling you what, you're lost and undone without Jesus Christ, without the Holy Ghost. 
You're void and empty. You're unsatisfied. And the Holy Ghost and walking God and in the will of God. That perfect will of God is the only true place of satisfaction. Now it's going to be, bring troubles and tribulations. Jesus taught us that. Amen. Through his name, through the revelations and things of that nature. It's going to bring on spiritual battles. It's going to bring on other types of battles. But you know what? These are good battles. These are type of battles that we, we want to engage in and, and take the challenge. And we want to do it with God's wisdom. Wisdom that's from above. Heavenly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, amen, is far different than heavenly wisdom. If you look at the definition of both of them and the, the fruits of them and the response and how they handle themselves they're far different and I want the wisdom from above I want the wisdom from heaven amen because it's kind and gentle and long-suffering and things of that nature and just puts things in the right perspective and how God views it hallelujah God's ways as far above ours as the heavens above the earth but you know what that doesn't mean we can't make connection because he's the high priest and if we'll intercede in fact he told us amen the Holy Ghost the spirit of prayer and get a hold of us and when we don't even know how to pray and what to pray for the Holy Ghost can get a hold of us and pray things hallelujah in the spirit for the spirit knows the will of the spirit Amen. And so that would take place. And so that's with moanings and groanings and terms. Amen. That you don't understand. Hey, I'm telling you, praise God. It's nothing like living for Jesus Christ. All right. God's word is good for us. It's good for me. God's word is good for us. And it's, it's, a, it's a good antidote. It's good medicine. Man, it's, it's a good helper. It's an instructor and guide and uh, Man brings joy, it brings courage, it brings boldness, and amen. It just helps us to deal with life. Praise God. If if you know, just if we just sometimes just spend a little bit more time in the word of God. Amen. Instead of looking for answers here and that and the other, but you know what? There was a spirit of shortcuts. It's got a whole whole of our world, you know. We want things a lot faster, a lot easier. Amen. Don't want to take up our time and our effort and things of that nature. But to really, uh, for the Word of God, you've got to dig into it. The Word of God is a treasure, but it's got to be dug out. You've got to hunger and thirst after it. You've got to give yourself to it and humble yourself to it and and so as we, we do that, as we watch this this morning, amen. And I tell you what, I feel like going 120 miles an hour, but I'm going to try not to. But Oh, I feel it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But by the help of the good Lord, we'll try to go slow enough. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. So you can't hear as fast as you're talking. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm going to do my best. Focus thought. If we are to please God. I mean, in, they want to please God. I'm going to please God. Not gonna please man, so just settle that issue. Now that don't mean to set out and displease them. Just make them mad because you make them mad. Irritate them because you want to make them. You know, I don't want that spirit either. I ain't. I ain't interested in being a rebel. I'm not. I'm not interested in causing confusion or distorts and things. I'm not interested in that. I am interested in being a peacemaker. Interested in having good, healthy, solid, sound advice out of the word of God from the kingdom of God. Now, if that causes conflict and division, so be it. But uh, I want it to be for the gospel's sake. I want it to be for the word of God. I don't want it to be because I've got my own, my own ideas, my own opinions. Uh, no, I, I want it to be a God thing. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some things here, you know, and uh, about the word itself. And there's no way I'm going to cover this whole lesson, but we're going to do our best. Amen. Let's cover as much as we can. I encourage you again, read these lessons. Take the time to read these lessons. Uh, there's so much that we don't get to cover that's in the lessons and things that's brought out. So it would pay you well to take out time to read the lessons. We must listen to and honor God's word. Listen to and honor it. It's, it supersedes everything else. Every dream. Every encounter that you feel. That even from an angel? <laughs> well, every visitation? Well, that's a, yeah, it did. Joseph Smith had a visitation of angels. And he wrote it a different book than what's this one, what's in this. But Paul, you know, before he ever showed up, Paul took care of that. Because if you try to preach any other gospel than this gospel, though we are an angel come preaching any other gospel, consider him a curse, that means he's doomed. So, so we want to stay with this, but he did not just, but men, men, you know, that's the word of God's taught us not to be cast to and both by the philosophy of men. Amen. So one reason we're in the mess that we're in today and in the spiritual condition that we're in today, 
is because we, we you know, the, the foundation and the very beginning of the men of this country, the fathers of this country, you know, their, their, their ideas and opinions, but they wanted it backed up with a book. Amen. They, they didn't want to go against what the word said. And so, you know, it just built. Anyway, I don't have time going on all that, but here we go. Focus first in 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture, not some, not part. Oh, both old and new. Old Testament and New Testament. Old covenant as well as the new covenant. And what the old as a schoolmaster brought us unto and the New Testament, amen, or the New Covenant fulfilled, amen. That's what we're fulfilled in. But then there's still things in the New Testament that we got to follow by. God expects that. He'd have never had it put in the Word of God if he did not expect that to happen. Brother Ford mentioned about the foundation. Thank God for the foundation. And even the foundation's got to be laid right. Got to dig down and put it where it belongs. Man, if you don't want it to crumble up and pray under pressure and storms and things of that nature, you got to put the right footings and you got to put the right, right dimensions and things and set it up right. And, and you got to do it by faith. Amen. So anyway, you know, you know all about that stuff. So here we go. All scripture is given by what? The inspiration of God as he moved, as he breathed, as he inspired. It was not a man's idea. A lot of people talk about, well, this man wrote this. No, man didn't write it. They were just secretaries, 32 of them. Man, it wasn't a man's idea. It wasn't just any man. Man, Apostle Peter helps us out with that. Holy men of God, as they was moved upon, quickened, inspired, breathed, a man to, to write. Did they, uh, did they maybe realize at that moment in time uh, what was going to happen for the canon and things of that nature? Probably not, amen, probably not. Uh, but, but, but they knew as they was inspired of God that this was the hand of God, the voice of God, amen. Even though they was in dungeons and prison and, and wasn't in some of the most comfortable places to be riding, <laughs> amen. He wasn't sitting in a leather chair with a wooden, you know, uh, mahogany wooden desk in front of him and LED lights and all that, no, <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if he had made get over that little window, amen, that you could see. Could that be what the history tells us when they talk about the scars that's laid on his back? But yet he knew, amen, with the evidence of the suffering for the name's sake and the gospel's sake. But he still knew how to write joy unspeakable and full of glory. He knew how to write, I say rejoice, and I say again rejoice. And so there is this, this whale, this substance, amen, through Jesus Christ and through the word of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that nothing, nothing can rob us of it and overpower us. I am persuaded hallelujah that he's a keeper nothing can separate us from the love of God hallelujah so when these trials and heartaches and disappointments and things that's unseen take place in our lives you know what if God allowed it there was a purpose behind a reason behind it number one we need to be a testimony that we can handle it the way God wants us to handle it hallelujah number two we need to let it be a good examination to our own hearts and minds and spirits say well this could be the chastening rod of God trying to get our attention about something hey all this is in the book today all this is in the lesson today so it's powerful it's beautiful and so we're going to do our best just to try to dive off into it See, see what's going to happen here. Your, your course correction. I mean, you remember the message Brother Booker preached. Uh, Mid-course adjustments. It talked about going to the moon and all the different from Florida, amen, to California. The millions of dollars that Americans spent on different places and all this. I mean, he went in all to great big detail. Amen. But to go to the moon. Now, go to the moon. Amen. But when he set out and launched that thing after all the hours and money and everything, investment put into it, he said without mid-course adjustments, he said they would not only miss the center of the moon, they would have missed the moon completely. Praise God. Help me, Lord, to receive your correction because I don't want to miss heaven. And so the, I can be assured of one thing. The only way that's gonna, that I won't miss it is I'm willing to receive the correction of God. And the Bible makes that clear. If we are sons of his, we're going to have to be corrected. We're proved. Amen. We're, we're, you know, I, I know we don't want to be. I know we won't be right about everything we do and all that good stuff. But uh, it's earthen vessels, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I pray, you know. <laughs> but anyway, praise the Lord. Why well, we smile at me?
the writer here talks about, amen, back in, I think, 2012, I believe it was, something like that, yeah, 2012, uh, the engineers and scientists and all this team that got together their, their abilities, and uh, they're going to send this spacecraft carrying this rover, you might remember, amen, going, amen, to the planet, uh, red planet, anyway, some 352 million miles away, it's going to take about eight months to get there. And uh, they, they, they come to the conclusion, hallelujah, that, hey, we're going to miss, you know, the, where we was wanting to put this thing. And you know what? Uh, would you have to take their word for it? I didn't get my binoculars out to see if that thing. <laughs> Just have to take their word for it. Okay? And uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you go back and read it, you'll see they had to make. And so likewise, the, the writer talked about, he brought about the Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And again, chapter two different things one thing about angry amen be angry you know be angry but sin not hallelujah don't let the sun go down your wrath so thank god for the word of god so sometimes we may let our temper get the best of us and so we have to do what but get the word of god help us back get back and so that's just there's just you know different things you know the writer brought it out talks about it. now let's let's look at some of this if you looked at the contemplating the topic and uh, again in 2019 uh, we're going to see there the, the state of the Bible. Landman, amen, is a, a, it's actually a college, but it's actually an individual that uh, writes books and takes and does study on, especially about religion and faith and God and things of this nature. And so this book had been written back in 2019. And he talks about the Bible being the center, and he talks about different percentage, I think 19% the first couple of groups. Uh, no, just a few percent of the first one. I'm just trying to remember all this to speed this thing up a little bit. But anyway, but uh, what's really the catching is a lot of part of that. It's in your lesson. Go back and read it. 48% doesn't use a Bible. Don't, have, don't, don't ever really read it. Don't, don't have any interactions with it and feel like it really don't have any, any actions in their own lives. You know, that's the reason you got so many people that can, in their own reasoning ability, own thoughts, uh, absent of the word of God, can walk contrary and make confessions that, that are totally false, and built on sand, okay, of eternal life. That's, hey, I got it right. We're working out while living lives. It's so, some, some of those lifestyles are spelled out in the book. It's very plain that they're, they're not going to enter the kingdom of God, living those lifestyles. But yet, they got, they, got, uh, they got spiritual leaders they chose in lives that are as blind as they are. Experience what they experience. Doing what they're doing. <laughs> living like they're living. And to hear them tell it, they're going. But I'm going to tell you something. This is forever settled in heaven. And no amount of people and souls are going to change that. Okay? Um, I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, it's a time to really examine ourselves, to shake ourselves, and to... Uh, to make sure, Peter said, make our calling and election sure. How do you do that? By reading, studying, praying, doing spiritual things. Come to the house of God as you have this morning. And, and faithfully to the house of God. It's the most important thing. Amen. In your life. Amen. God, the almighty God, serving God. And so those things that engages his presence and his will into our lives. And, and, and you know what? The word of God, the written letter itself. Amen. Is it, you know what, outside of the Holy Ghost, and I say you can't really see it, but you feel it, you know you got it, you know when it moves and breathes on you, quicken you, things of that nature. But this is really the only tangible thing that you and I hold. This, you know, the disciples held Jesus. They placed him, they enthroned him. In fact, if you go back, you'll read the first time they enthroned him and set him up on a little stone. I mean, the place went berserk. Hallelujah. I mean, the, the, the spirit of worship, the spirit of praise. Uh, blessed Hosanna as he comes in. And they turn branches down, taking coats off, throwing before him. Why? Because they enthroned God Almighty. Just something about the spiritual world comes alive. We watch it right here. We experience it right here. Times whenever the power of God, the spirit, Holy Ghost, and things connect in the heartbeat of God, the heartbeat of the Holy Ghost. Boom. Hey, you don't have to ask nobody. You'd be a ranked sinner. But yet when his presence moves in, when his, his glory moves, hallelujah. It's a, mm, that's the reason you can't blaspheme against the Holy Ghost and find forgiveness. Because there's no greater witness upon this earth since Jesus is left. 
Hallelujah. Than the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because it has a witness. Amen. And we're going to talk about witnesses in just a minute. So as we watch some of this really begin to fold and transpire, uh, uh, we're going to see some things. Uh, all scripture is given by what the inspiration of God is profitable for what? For doctrine. That's teachings and things. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. If you don't mind. For reproofs, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness. So all these doctrines and reproofs and corrections are to do what? Is to lead us into righteousness. Not our own righteousness, not self-made righteousness, but into God's righteousness. And there is a difference. Where man may tell us that we're doing good and we're fine. Hallelujah. That's not, that's not the most important thing. What we've got to find, amen, is what we're going to be judged out and see if we're lining up with it. And we're, we're beholding the righteousness of what it's telling us. And so we're told by the writer, the John, that we're going to face a day. There's going to come a time. It's going to become an hour, amen, that we're going to stand before this almighty God and give an account for the deeds that's done in this body. And so in doing that, what's he going to open? He's going to open the book of life and then he's going to open the books, amen, and judge them out of the books. Hallelujah, their life and the deeds in their life and they don't line up to the books. Going to find out also that their name's not in the book of life. <laughs> amen. So, so as we watch some of this, I mentioned this about Moses. You know, Moses trying to, in a sense, twist God's arm. But he told him quick, like he said, hey, uh, I'm going to deal with them at sin. I'm going to take care of that. You just keep on leading them. You keep on. He wanted him blotted out, blotted out. Now, that could liken to the generations, amen, the names of the generations and things of that nature, which leads right on to the book of life. Amen. There is a book of life. Your name can be written in. And only the Lamb can write it in there. And so, thank God for our names has been written in the book of life. And Lord, help us. Amen. Now, watch this. We got one book in the New Testament how to be saved, the actions that it took to be saved, which is repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But you got about 21 letters to keep us in a raptured, saved condition. Amen. So there is a struggle. There is a battle. There is something that we got to this gets contentious with us and hostile against us. And that's this old flesh. And not only that, then you got the spirits of the world and, and the opinions and ideals and doctrines of men and philosophies and things of that nature. So thank God for the Word of God because we base everything off the Word of God. If I get up here preach and teach things. Hallelujah. It's contrary to this book. And I know the last few services I've been a little topic. and It makes all of us a little uneasy and, and all this other stuff. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you there is some, there is some depthness in this book. And I'm going to tell you we, 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 got to, we got to get digging in and we got to really get, let it get a hold of us. And, uh, God meant what he said. And, but he's full of love and compassion and long suffering and mercy. And he's the intent for us to be saved. And he wants to bless this nation. But I'm telling you this nation's headed in the wrong direction. And get caught up in spirits and powers there and I know, I know it's going to come. I know it's got to happen. But he don't want us just to stand on the side of the road and let it happen. Hallelujah. Let it take place. You know, this situation with those two boys, we could have said, well, that was just the will of God. Well, pray. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You can pray, man. There is a God in the heavens. Hallelujah. It can be moved. Hallelujah. And do things that you can't do. That's the reason we're calling on him anyway. You can't save yourself. You can't get live righteous enough that you got to have a savior. You got to have a God. You got to have a lamb. You got to have a cleansing. You got to have a washing. Amen. And so this is what the book does. It, it helps us. And so that's the reason, you know, it's, it's important for us. The word of God is for us. What do you mean the word of God's for us? It's to redeem us, reconcile us, to, to save us, to, to live an overcoming life. We're made overcomers by what? The word of our testimony. Go to John's writing. He talks about they're made overcomers. Amen. Against every. Why? Because they had the word of God in their hearts. Had the word of God in their lives. And active, actively alive in their lives. You know what? You can't just quote it. There's people that quote it. They, they learn it. They quote it. They know all about it. But they can't tell you the plan of salvation. They have no revelation. Hallelujah. Because why? They're not, they're not pure in their hearts. Not pure in their motives. I'm going to talk about some of that a little bit. With the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Hallelujah. Because they was not sincere. They were the spiritual leaders of their day and time. And they were Jews. But I'm going to tell you. They missed the Messiah. And the coming of the Messiah. And don't believe in the Messiah. Hallelujah. But thank God America believes in the Messiah. Believes in the man called Jesus Christ. We believe in a higher power and one that we can have again account and judgment to. And you know what? The blessings of God have been poured out on America on those accounts. Amen. No, we haven't done everything right and we've made a lot of messes. But you know what? We know how to humble ourselves and yield ourselves and give ourselves back to prayer. Amen. On the mercies and grace of God to help us get back mid-course of judgment. Back in the heartbeat. Back in the vein. Back in the journey where we need to be. God, I believe there's a spirit that has, has attacked our nation, has attacked, and I believe it's the spirit of iniquity and the way it works. It One thing it does, it, it calluses the conscience. 
one thing Hollywood done. That's the reason some of the events you hear about don't affect people like it used to. They don't see it on Hollywood 50,000 times. Your eyes is the window of your soul. Your eyes is the windows to your conscience. The more you watch and behold and watch of this junk, the more callous you become, unmoved. If you're not careful, you know, you got people just live some of that stuff out. They allow the enemy to start putting that in their own minds and they try to, they act like they, these lifestyles and stuff and fantasy world. But the Bible taught us, the Word of God said, pulling down every imagination that's against Christ, that's against His will. When you start having imaginations, no matter if it's out of lust, huh, oh, come on now. Praise God. Don't make, that's where, you, that's where the battle starts. You start pulling it down. You start rebuking that. You start, you know, in the name of Jesus. You don't just, you know, you know what Brother Banks and teaching taught us, amen. Said, there's nothing you do about the bird flying over, but you don't let him land on your head, amen, and build a nest. Praise God, you know. There's some things you don't even let get around you, like snakes. You don't let them get around you, man. You shoot them. You get rid of them. We don't have them for pets. <laughs> man, I'll tell you right now, if my, my, my children, if they want to have them for pets, I'm not going to their house. And they're not bringing it to mine. <laughs> That's one pet I won't watch for them. Yeah, I'll watch it for you. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> when you leave or when you get back or ever, ever, <laughs> He'll be gone to the snake. I don't think it's a snake heaven. I think there may be a snake hell, but there won't be a snake heaven. Anyway, let me get off of that one. So here we go. As we watch some of this really begin to unfold and take place. Uh, one place, I'm going to watch this. Jesus Christ himself, he uses the word of God as a witness of who he was. The scriptures. Uh, when you go to John, the fifth chapter, and, and you read uh, the episode that begins to take place there, he uses about five different witnesses uh, the first one was the father. Believe it or not, go back and read that out. You can see that in the fifth chapter. Uh, the second was John the Baptist. The third one was miracles. And the fourth one was this particular verse. I'm going to read to you right here. Amen. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. And he wasn't downplaying the scriptures, what he was letting them know. They're, they had an evil heart of unbelief trying to interpret the scriptures. Because if they'd have searched the scriptures, they'd have knew that he was the Messiah. Watch what he does. Right on below that, the fifth witness was Moses himself. The one that they was following. The one that they was casting their lot with. Amen. So he deals with these Sadducees. Now, this is the Sadducees right here. Now, watch what he, he begins to talk about. Well, I may be getting ahead of myself a little bit, uh, but maybe not. Anyway, but, but he deals with them and he talks. So the scriptures themselves, amen, Jesus used, and it was Old Testament, basically, he was referring to at this moment time, was a witness of fulfilling the prophecies. He said, I came to fulfill what? The law, Psalms, and the prophets. So the scriptures, I am fulfilling exactly what the scriptures say. So, man, we, we have these, these witnesses. And that's really been on my mind the last little while. Witnesses of the miraculous hand of God. But, but, but we're warned even in our lesson today in the scriptures of where the honor really belongs. And whose honor are we seeking? We can't be in this to try to find our own place of ministry. And our own place in the kingdom. He's the kingdom. He's the kingdom builder. And he's the one that places us in the kingdom. And that's the reason Paul wrote unto us. Even the measure, the faith, amen. According to the measure you've got. Everybody's not going to have the same measure. God's not going to use everybody in the ministry. In the fivefold ministry as well as in other parts of the body. And you know what? He said, don't judge yourselves among yourselves. Do what you could do. Walk as your conscience, as God guides you, as you read the word of God. The unction of the Holy Ghost moves and quickens, inspires. Do it in, 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 in honor to the Holy Ghost. Given glory and praise and honor to no other. I don't have nothing to boast in. I don't have anything to brag in. I'm saved by his grace. I'm going to be an overcomer 
of the spirit of iniquity by the grace of God. The only way I won't be beguiled is because God's grace is working for me on a regular basis daily. Okay? So I don't have anything to boast about, to brag about, because I deserve death. But God's mercy and grace came to our rescue. And now after this, we're going to have to give an account. So anyway, let me, let me try to move on with some of that. Uh, Isaiah 8 and 20 and 21 talks about this. Also, Isaiah 34 and 16 talks about using of the scriptures. I won't take the time to go to all these scriptures because uh, already it's getting in trouble with my time here. And so we can see some things that really begin to hope. Now watch what even Joshua, Joshua 1 and 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thine mouth. He, he's telling Joshua, he's going to be the one that's going to take the place of Moses. And he's telling him, this book is not going to depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What does Psalm, first Psalms, what, what, what is it instructed of? The man, the righteous man takes pleasure, what? In the word of God. And he meditates upon it day and night. He's likened unto a tree that's planted by the river. That, that in, in times of famine. And his, his time of season, I'll catch that. You know, to bear the fruit in the time of season. There are seasons for the fruit. Same way with us, living for God and the Holy Ghost. And there's times for the season of the fruit that has to be more productive than at other times because at that moment time, we need that particular fruit really to manifest itself and declare itself and rise up and flow through us. Mm -hmm. And so that tree that's planted, man these leaves they're not gonna they're not gonna fade they're not gonna wither up why because our, our our source is not depending upon man depending on the promises of god that's what the scriptures have taught us to wait we may talk about that a little bit wednesday night to wait upon we should never be ashamed to wait upon the lord regardless of the pressure Regardless, I mean, look at Saul. That's one thing that got him in trouble. The pressure of the enemy caused him to start taking on the ministry part that didn't belong to him, that belonged to Samuel. And what he should have done, said, the man of God told me to wait on him. I'm going to wait. Whatever it costs, it's going to be on the man of God. I'm going to do my part. Uh-oh. Huh. But if we'll just do what the anointed one said to do that represented God, God will take care of that part. We got to do that by faith. Just wait and let God bring it about and work it out. Proverbs 6 and 23 puts it this way. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. Huh. It's a lamp. It's a light to, to what? Our journey. To our path. And the writer of Psalms ends this lesson with that. Some of that. And we'll, we'll talk about that toward the end here. Reproofs. What's this? Reproofs. And we'll, we'll talk about reproofs again in just a minute. But what's this? Reproofs. Reproofs. Sometimes we look at reproofs. We think of being blamed. Uh, uh, you know, it's our fault. But, but watch this. If you look at it, there's another meaning to it too. <clears throat> it means to, to make a garment waterproof. What is, what is, what is the reproofs? If we have an ear to hear it, God can make us spiritual proof against some demonical forces and powers and events in life prior to their ever coming. So the reproofs ain't always about us being in guilt and blame and it's failure. But it's all about just correcting us. The word of God is, is there to help Put waterproof. Anybody ever took a pair of boots and you put stuff on them and it watched that water beat up? Anybody ever took wood and, you know, you got Thompson Seal and different types of stuff you can put on it and you can watch it. It rains and, and man, that wood just goes into the pores of that wood. And, and believe it or not, when the sun comes out, it starts pulling that moisture back out of that wood and it starts cracking and breaking. And you know, sun does more harm to wood than, than water. But if you don't keep the water out, <laughs> amen, that's the reason you seal it. And that's the reason the Bible calls, says that we've been what? Sealed. 
Amen. With the Holy Ghost and with the blood of the Lamb. Amen. There's protection under that blood. Hallelujah. There's protection under that umbrella. Actually, when you dwell in the secret place, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a place of, of protection. There's a place, amen. Hallelujah. That God can keep us from the enemy. Amen. I didn't say that he won't allow the enemy to attack us. And we see that with Job. But he'll put him to his limits. I mean, you can't do but so much because I need a testimony. And so sometimes we get messed up with this. We can get so, even with this situation, Brother Keith and those two little boys, and we can say they ought to have done this, and that and ought to have done this, and this and ought to have done this, other junk and all this other. Or we could say, but God, you're in the, you're in the universe, and you know what? You can take bad out of this, make good out of it, because we serve an almighty God. Hallelujah. You can turn this whole situation around. Hallelujah. Because we believe in your mercy and grace and compassion, and what God allows sometimes to suffer to allow. There is a reason for that. There's a purpose, and there's something that could have caused we allow God, you know what he'll do? He'll help us get corrected, amen, to get back. Because God's heartbeat and desire, even above ours, amen, that we'll make the destination called heaven. That we'll be a part of that new city. That we'll be a part of that bride. Why do you think he went to that cross? Show so much compassion, long-suffering, generous, fresh, every day. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to win. He wants us to win this race. He wants us, amen, to, to win this battle. Against the spirit of iniquity and against the devil. So, Matthew 22, this is where I was talking about earlier uh, about the Sadducees and with Moses. And uh, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err. He's talking about the Sadducees. You, you err, you come up, you know. Uh, we, we got, there's a doctrine out there that uh, once saved, you can never be lost. Eternally saved, no matter what. No matter how you live, no matter what kind of lifestyle you live, how much sinning you do. Uh, you're, 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 you know, I've said this before. I had a, one, a, a Baptist minister's son tell me one day at, at Ingalls, he says, this is how we believe it. He said, you, you know, once you're saved and you can be at the honky-tonks dancing with somebody else's wife and so drunk, you know what you're doing, and fall down on that dance floor with a heart attack. He said, when the devil comes to get you, said, Jesus won't step up. said, no, I bought this a long time ago. tell you something. They're falling into it by the thousands. They, they, they don't believe, you know, the part two masters. and I don't know. I don't know how they and anyway, that's their choosing. I'm going to tell you something. That's part of the fall of man. The power of choice. And, and we've got to really want to do right. Got to have a real heart, a real mind, and a real spirit. God, I want to do it your way. And the only way you and I are going to do that is with a real, genuine, humble spirit. He that humbles himself puts on humility. He that comes as a little child. And there's a lot of times when we, especially in battles and struggles, we got to get back to that same mentality. As a little child. Coming to you God. You work this thing out the way you want to. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to put some kind of time limit on it. I'm not going to twist your arm. Not in that way. But I'm going to, I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to have some begging attitude. And we all know we don't deserve it. That's a done deal. Well, I'm, <laughs> Praise God. But I'm going to tell you something now. There are times that we're doing things that we know it's not right with this. And God's going to correct us. And God can, God can build a prayer room for us. I know we're living in a nation today that's got, that's got further and further away from the correction part of, the, of how to go about doing it. What methods to use. And I know there's been some cases that was far out there and they need to be addressed of how to discipline a child. But I'm telling you. After a while talking just won't do any good. After a while putting them in. You know. In, in, what do you call that? Locked out. Shut out. Something. Call time out. Time out. Praise God. I'm sure God. <laughs> I'm sure he looks down on William Timothy more. Time out buddy. 
What are you doing? <laughs> Sit on this beach. Yes, sir. But you know what's happened today? A lot of people don't want to do it. They don't want to take the written word of God and say, you know what? You're right, God. That is an abomination in your sight. That lifestyle won't do. And I've got, to, I've got to repent. I've got to have a godly sorrow. Not a cult sorrow. There's a difference between the two. Some people get so well, out of shape because they got caught. They don't have a true heart of repentance unto God. Because when you get that, that's where you could start seeing the turning point. That's where you start seeing God stepping in and bringing deliverance. I don't care what the vices are. I don't care what kind of stranglehold the enemy's got. When you get a God sorrow about it and you change your life from the lust of the world to the things of God, Telling you that's a turning point in our lives. That's a delivering point in our lives. That's how you delivered that legion. That's how you set him free. That he was demonic, but he knew where to bring him. And he was willing to follow him from that point on, even to the point that the Bible said that now he's sitting, eating in his right mind. And clothed. Prior he was naked. I don't get any glory out of us cutting ourselves. Poking ourselves. And undressing ourselves. And, and acting like. We're so far out of control. Because those actions are telling God. That he doesn't have any control. Lives that he can't step in and do something about it. I'll just take this in my own hands. It's the word of God. Thank God for the word. That's what he was telling Joshua, following the footsteps of Moses. How, how would you like to follow the footsteps of Moses? My. But he was assuring him as I was with Moses. You, if you'll just keep my word and keep my commandments, we got to guard this book. We got to guard, amen, the convictions that the word of God. Hey, that's the reason I tell folks, you know, when it comes to some holiness lifestyles about dress and all, I, I don't harp on all that. And I've had them to question myself. I'm going to tell you something. You don't take it or remove it until you feel convicted of God and the word of God. Because if you just do it for me or for some other man, you're going to battle with that. You're going to struggle with that. But if you ever do it for God, you won't have near the struggle. If you ever feel the sure convicting hand of the word of God. Now you heard what Brother Ford done mentioned about the word. There's not, there's not a shortage of preaching, man. We got preachers on every corner. Males, females, all types, all shapes, all forms. Some smoking their pot while they're preaching. Smoking their cigars and drinking their beer and talking about how liberal they are. And <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. But the problem is hearing. That's the reason the enemy likes to keep you busy from Dan to Bathsheba that when you get here on a Sunday morning. I don't want you to hear it. Because if you ever hear it. <laughs> I ain't talking about just I'm talking about if you ever cure it. See, that's where conviction. You know why there's a lack of conviction on America today? It's because there's a lack of hearing. Because conviction can't come without hearing. And then hearing it as the word of God. And then after hearing it as the word of God, take it as the word of God. And let every, all them other voices that comes in behind it, because they're coming. Even our own. Oh, he didn't really mean that. That wasn't what he's talking about. That, that bunch ain't nothing but a bunch of cults. Oh, they, they think they're so holy. They think they're. And you can't. You can't. You can't get into that ring. You can't make wholeness a God. And separation a God. 
That's a Pharisee spirit. I'm not interested in having a Pharisee spirit. I'm not interested in putting things on people more than they can bear either. I'm not interested in preaching and teaching doctrines that's, that's you know, just so... I'm, but it's the truth. You know? Hey, I, I remember when I first getting in it. Went to youth camp. One preacher got up and told all the young little ladies, said, hey, you got to wear your hair up. Next thing got up right behind and said, you need to wear it down. Well, that's funny to me. The Bible said just keep the scissors out of it. That's what. And it did, it did say that. Don't arrange it to be seductive. That's what the Bible said. Up or down. You can arrange it up and you can arrange it down. To send the wrong message because it's of the spirit. You know what? The word of God is the only thing that can deal with the spirit of a man. And the spirit of an individual. It's the only thing that can cut to the sun to their So that's the reason you and I have got to have an ear to hear what thus saith the word of God. Because that's the only thing that can convict our hearts and open our eyes up. Saying, you know what? I, I'm making a mess here. When you think you're doing what's right. That's what Saul was telling us. When he was Saul. He was doing it all in the name of God. He had zeal. Man. Persecuting the church. Dragging them both men and women. But until, until God got him to a place he could hear. Revelation. Revelation. So we need it. Matthew 22. So Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures. You and I do our own selves a harm by not reading and studying the scriptures for ourselves. Okay? We're more prone and subject to walk in error without. The revelation and understanding of the word of God. You may not quote it. I'm not the best at quoting by, by a long shot. But you know what? Once I read it in there, I know it's in there. And I can find it. Just give me a little time. But you know what? Once you've read it and you know it for yourself, you don't have to do all that. Not when your mind's made up. Not when you know, hey, that's wrong. God. And let time elapse if it wants to. See, that's what's happened today. Even among the Pentecostals, but not just the Pentecostals, all denominations. All the denominations is not near as separated as they was 50 years ago. I could pull some old Methodist churches and Baptist churches. Amen. Some old Church of God churches up. Amen. If we could pull them up about 50, 60 years ago and set that congregation right in the middle of their congregation this morning, it'd blow their minds. They, they, they connected with what this book said about coming out and being ye separate. Because they understood it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't just an outward exposure. You know. That's the reason Jesus said you judge a tree by what? By the fruit. You don't have to cut it down. I've had people tell me, you don't know what's in my heart. Oh, yes, I do. And you talking like a sailor and living like one and, and ranting and raving and cutting up and no good. Don't take a science to figure that out. I mean, the wrong spirit's ruling in your life. You can blame it on daddy and you can blame it on mama and you can blame it on whoever. But if you claim to be Holy Ghost filled and claim to be a new creation, that don't leave nothing. That's, that's the word of God. Thank God for it. You know, one place it's, it's, it's likened to what a hammer. I said, yeah, boy, you found on this thing. In other places, it's like a sword, a two-edged sword. Hmm. What's this? One translation takes that. It's in our lesson, Hebrews 4 and 12. Talks that two-edged sword. That the word of God, the written word of God, is more powerful than two witnesses. Now, you couldn't take nobody's life in the Old Testament without Two witnesses. In other words, two other voices. Can be preaching and practicing as doctrines 
things is contrary to this, that this will override those two other things. Error. Or God's right. <clears throat> I got a long way to go. Doctrine, we understand that doctrine is a, actually it's a teaching. And we know that Jesus Christ himself came. And, and I know I that, left that. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway. Go back, look at it, Matthew 22, 29 through 32. Um, times, uh, anyway, doctrines, we can see even really two things he brought out of the doctrine. That was one, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, is one Lord. We believe in one. The reason of the Lord our God is one man. And then when you go to Leviticus, it talks about the separation, coldness, lifestyle. And we're done hitting on that, some of that. So I won't, I won't, I'll just move on from that. Colossians falls right into that. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. God has authority, power. It dwelt in none other but Jesus Christ. That's the reason we preach and practice and believe. He is the door. There's no other name given whereby we must be saved. That's the reason we activate it. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we know if anybody's going to come to their rescue and, and do anything about this situation, it's Jesus. Amen. Has a power and authority. Amen. Over the angels and powers thereof. Hallelujah. To intervene. Hallelujah. I know the prince in the air wants to have his way. And the devil wants to ruin everybody's life and destroy everybody's life. But if somebody help intervene and pray and call on the mercy and grace in that mighty hand of God. And God would intervene and intercept. If you don't believe that, quit praying for your loved ones. God do something better, just just don't. But we don't believe that. We we believe that some, there's somebody to intervene, don't we? We believe somebody come to our rescue. That's the reason we practice this. That's the reason we activate it. Amen. And put it into action. Praise God. You know, I, that's like all of our military, you know. We make all these machine guns and got all this ammunition. But you say, you know what, we're just gonna send y'all over. Y'all, y'all won't need them. Really? <laughs> no. We make all that, put it in our hands to use it. And so, you know what? It's what God's done. He's got a five-fold ministry. He's got the operation of the nine gifts of the Spirit to edify, to build up, to instruct, to lead, to guide us. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Reproofs. I mentioned that some, so let's just kind of we'll look at it. Uh, the same word that leads us to bring us to right doctrine will also keep us, what, in the right Daily lives, amen. You're thankful for the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and what's what's hidden in your heart, what you've learned from Sunday school and things of that nature. You know, we're raising up generations today. They don't know nothing about Sunday school. They never heard about Noah. They ain't heard nothing about Moses. They don't know anything about Abraham. They don't know anything about Jesus Christ. They don't know any of this. And so, so here they are. They're just vulnerable to the world and all their opinions and ideas. And sometimes we wonder how in the world can people believe that because they haven't been taught anything else. They haven't been taught. They haven't been instructed. So this is where it goes. It talks about Hebrews four twelve. And I'm actually going to deal with Hebrews four through. Time won't allow me. So uh, then it comes to correction. <laughs> Without correction, human nature. Follows after its own self will. How many's got such a perfect nature that you just don't need no help? <laughs> I mean, man, you just got all your little ducks in a row. And the way you think, the way you reason, your opinion, the way you think of yourself. You know, Paul warned us about this. You think of yourself wrong. Actually, we've got to be careful with our gifts, talents, and skills, and ability. That's the reason you and I really need to be thankful for this. Cherish it. For our own sake as well as for the church. Because believe it or not, I, I, can, get, I can get off. I can get out in left field, right field, whatever. But this here. You got this. Say, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what the Bible says. That's the reason a lot of people, they start reading their Bibles and getting the book of Acts and see the evidence of seeing the Holy Ghost and the things that works as a common denominator throughout the scriptures. They'd have to look at some of their spiritual leaders and say, what about this? And we put some pressure on some. Sure have. And they explained themselves around it. And all I can say, if you didn't have a true love for God, to know God, experience God, you just stayed there. You just, okay, that's cool. Good enough for grandma. Okay, 
back so much. Good enough for Grandpa? You don't know if it was good enough. You don't know what they done. You don't know the outcome. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. He loves us enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read how he put this. It's just, just a good job. He loves us enough to correct us and to discipline us. This is intended to happen primarily through the word of God. The Greek word correction means to what? To restore to its proper condition. Anybody ever had to be conditioned? Man, daddy ever had to condition you? <laughs> Mama, you know what? God, God, God can condition us. Get us back. And thank God that he's doing it out of love. I mean, it, that's the real motive behind it. He loves us. He, he wants us to make it. And so that's the word condition, make straight. The goal of correction is to bring the individual to a better state, to bring it back, bring her back, bring whoever it is. Into that state, that fellowship, that relationship, that companionship, that that path, that straight and narrow. It's going to get us to the other side. That's that's what it's about. You know, keeping us, keeping us. So thank God for it. You can stand. I know my time. Instructions in righteousness. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You find in Psalms 119 and 11. I'll tell you one thing I do want to do, and I'm going to do this, and I'll let you go. Uh, in Psalms 119, just one of your verses, I thought, man, it said that so well. Psalms 119 and 133. Order my steps in thy word. But the latter part of this verse got my attention. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I'm telling you the devil. The spirit of iniquity. He can find a toehold and slowly just weasel its way in. Get a hold of us. And work through us. So the writer, David. Order my footsteps. Don't let no spirit of iniquity. Dominate me. Rule me. Overpower me. Help me recognize that in you. The spiritual realm we're talking now. You recognize that in you. That's attacking us. It's coming into me. So I can make the adjustments. I can make the correction. None of us really like that. But yet Proverbs says he that loves correction is the one that should be prudent. To be mighty. But it's against our nature. We don't like to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong. We don't set out in the morning time to be wrong. <laughs> Especially as Holy Ghost for your people. We want to be we don't want to quench or grieve the spirit of God that God's put in us. The investment of his blood, of the cross, and the spirit, and the word of God. But to think that we can't be beguiled. That means that, that we're better than what the Galatian believers were. What the Corinthian believers, the Ephesians. Because Paul had to write letters to them to get them back. And deal with doctrines and teachings and individuals that had slipped in unnoticed, unaware. So that's the reason you and I need to be careful, even in the body, of who we listen to. And how they approach us and where it's coming from. To be able to recognize, what is this really about? Who is this about? Because this is how churches wind up split. This is how the kingdom can be torn down. And lives can be wrecked forever. It didn't just happen overnight out of nowhere. No. There was an enemy already sitting, 
See, we got special forces. We send those special forces, been well trained how to, how to fly them into the enemy's camp. Set up positions and places and get things. Find where the enemy's at and where they're camped out at so we'll know right where to bomb. Spiritually speaking, the enemy will do the same thing to you and I. Now, God won't allow that if we got an ear to hear. So watch this. Let's go to James now. We can't only be just a hearer of the word of God. We've got to be a doer. Once we hear it, we've got to apply it. We've got to, we've got to give ourselves and humble ourselves to it. Correct ourselves. We can't let an old spirit get a hold of us and say, Well, that's just the way I am. That's just, we'll just have to get over it. You might be surprised even in this local assembly how that's been said. And talking about the gospel and the word being preached here. And all of a sudden they say, well, they're just going to have. I'm going to tell you, if, if the word of God is being taught and preached. Especially under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the word of God. It's not a man thing. No more than the writings. was. That's, that's what he's telling us. Holy men of God. And Peter included himself in that group. Prophecies didn't come by the will of man. They come by the hand of God as he inspired and moved upon to write it and prophesy and the unction, the anointing, and the hand and the power of God. Hmm. We're living in an evil time, folks, I'm telling you. We're living in an hour where people are being deceived on the left and right. They really are. So that, that warns us. What did America do on 9-11 and thereafter for a season? Let me ask you something. Did you, driving down the road, if you happen to see somebody had one of them rounds on or had security, you know, fell into that profile, did you just, oh, hey, man, what's going on? Man, that way down. Woo! Especially if you're fixing to get on an airplane. And he sits beside you. <laughs> Boy, I hope they checked him out. <laughs> It's the same way with us spiritually. We can get so caught up in just the things around us that we'll, we're prone to forget. Let me, let me remind you. Somewhere on our journey. Sometimes this journey goes real slow. Sometimes we find ourselves standing. Sometimes just all we put one step in front of the other. But then sometimes we'll find ourselves being... I'm going to drive 100 miles an hour. I'm not going to be texting my wife. If I'm going to drive 100 miles an hour, I'm not even going to be on the phone. If I'm driving 100 miles an hour, and if I've got to be because i got a devil chasing me, because that's the only time I'm interested in driving 100 miles an hour, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be carrying on a conversation with you. In fact, the best thing for you to do is sit over and keep your mouth shut and just, that'd be the best thing. You can't be hollering at me and doing it. Watch out, I am watching. Well, I'm the one driving. Who do you think's watching? <laughs> See what I'm saying? This thing is sped up. This thing is so we're more prone. We get distracted. Because when you're doing 100 miles an hour. And you get distracted from just a simple thing. God for the word. Now watch this. The word will warn us. You see it time after time with the Israelites. You see it in the, the warnings that will take place. Not get, not, not get caught up. Don't get. Thank God for the word. The written word. It's powerful. It's beautiful. I, I hardly scratch the service to be honest with you in this local assembly. If you don't believe that, just start reading. Start taking out a, a time and start reading it. You'll find out. It's, my goodness. Just how much is in the book. For us. Not against us. For us. 
Psalms amazes me. Oh, I read it. I'd love to be able to quote it all. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing like the book. Just stay with it. Because the word is what's going to get us out of here. The word of truth. That's what Paul said. Study to show yourself approved unto who? God. Rightly dividing, not the Bible, but rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a lot of people dividing the Bible. But not everybody's dividing the word of truth. And we want to be pleasing to God. Not man. To God. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for your commitment, your dedication, caring this morning. Come back tonight, Brother Forty, be preaching. Uh, let's just come back to expect a great move of God, a great move of the Holy Ghost. And uh, let the Lord just have his way. Appreciate you. God bless you.